Hey, 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 this is your girl Shannon coming to you with another episode of Speaking from Experience. Um, I hope you all had a good week. I hope that this week continues to be good for you and prosperous and <clears throat> it's the beginning of the week. So I hope that, you know, everything goes in your favor. Um, in the last episode, I talked about being in the meeting with the pastor and my husband and the things that we talked about. And I told you some of the takeaways that we took away from, I guess, what we were supposed to learn and all of that. And I want to expound on my takeaways. I told you that I told him that I felt stuck, but in really being stuck, I was uh, mentally confused and really more confused than when I came into the situation. Um, I felt unheard and um, I just felt like nobody was listening to what I was saying. And now that I look back on that moment, um, since it's been a year from now, literally on the head, um, I look back on that moment and realize that it was not my pastor. It was not my husband. It was me. And that's what I was trying to convey in my letter to him. But I couldn't put the words together like I wanted to. But now I can. It was me because we couldn't have move on with my mentality of our relationship. I was so broken down by his actions, by his words not matching his actions, um, by his lack of communication, by his... Uh, pedestal of disrespect um, by his unwillingness to change because I feel like men get away with a lot of stuff and they get they um, are kind of put in a position to where they have so many excuses you know well you know Men, men can't just have one person or men are boys and boys will be boys. Um, uh, so many excuses and really no accountability to their actions. Like, like what I wanted to say so bad was he's such an unstable person when it comes to planning things that I, I never had stability really, you know. Um, there were so many things that I was uncertain of, um, our next steps, our next move. We never talked about five-year plans or 10-year plans. And he never wanted to talk about that. He always wanted to do stuff on the fly. I was a planner. So, you know, we didn't mesh well with that. And without him consulting me on a lot of things and not making me feel like an equal in the relationship, I felt like, uh, I was just there you know and that that's where my I I, we never knew where our next move was you know and so when we planned this I was gonna make sure that I continue with the plan you know and I was gonna put him on the plan that was my plan you know so um I wanted to show my children that there can be stability in the home you know and there can be change and and the change be for the better 
you know there there can be things that happen like that you know there were there were a lot of uh educational moments in this period of time and I was trying to educate myself along with educating others that was kind of hard when you're not on the same playing field and I felt my maturity I felt my change coming in this life uh, um, in this new decade that I was entering into and I don't think we were changing at the same speed if that makes sense Um, I was totally on a different level of life I didn't want to play games anymore I didn't want to feel like the side chick anymore with the ring on my finger that's you know, um, I didn't want to play this game of, um, making you look good while I feel horrible, you know, um, if that makes sense. So that's where I was in life right then and there. And, um, my pastor told me because I brought my mom with me so she could watch the children while we were in this meeting, he told me that I had to bring her back home and it was, I had to come back, uh, to Chicago uh, within that week and so I was contemplating on that mind you it's the uh, end of August early September um, I went back up there on my own uh, with no no I didn't that's when I went back for my youngest birthday and um, went back up there saw them got them cake and ice cream and you know, did all that with them and stuff like that. They were excited to see mommy. I was excited to see them. And in all my excited excitement, um, I was only excited to see them. You know, I, I think that's that was a sign for me too that I was not missing him at all. You know, and it was it was not because of another man or it was not because of. I was having so much fun. I think that there was so much built up resist resentment towards him that I couldn't get past that. It was almost like a mouthful of uh, tartar buildup. And you know how long it takes them to take that tartar off your teeth? That was me with years and years of buildup that I was harboring. And when I came to St. Louis, it was almost like it was a snake feeling of me shedding a lot of things that I was allowing, a lot of things that I was going through, uh, shedding the fact that I was finding myself and this beautiful new snake was coming out of that dead skin. And the dead skin that I was shedding was disrespect. Um instability emotionally and mentally instability um i was shedding uh being uncomfortable i was shedding being quiet i had found my voice within finding myself uh i was shedding things that i knew wasn't making me happy um i i was shedding uh being uncomfortable and i was shedding uh just 
things that didn't make me happy anymore. And in the midst of shedding, I think I was shedding him as well. You know, Un- unknowingly, you know, I was, I thought I was doing the right thing and I was trying to find signs that I was doing the right thing, you know. So in me coming back, my focus was to grind, get this. I already got the job, so it was time to save some money, get the car, get the house, and and bring my family to where I needed them to be, you know. Um, In the midst of me grinding, I realized that quickly that we weren't on the same page. So he still continued to ask about the job and ask about how I was doing and blase blase. He never mentioned once about coming home. He would always mention about my insurance and when that was going to kick in. And I kept telling him, you know, I have to be at the job for 90 days in order for the insurance to kick in, you know. And, And recently he told me he kept asking me that because he kind of already knew basically that he was done um off of my actions isn't that the irony right so uh there was no really there was no real comfort in his voice i think he was already done um uh i don't think he acknowledged i think that's where my confusion comes in is where you don't acknowledge what you did and what you've done to get us to this point. You know, I, I try to acknowledge everything that I did up to this point. Um, you know, and I, and I try to tell the pastor, maybe I didn't speak up enough or maybe, you know, and, and I, I kind of dislike that I'm like that, but I try to find the flaws in me before I start pointing fingers at that person. I don't care what relationship it is. Maybe I did this to get the um, to get the answer that I got, or you know, to get the response that I got. What did I do? You know, I've always been like that, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. You know, so uh, in the midst of coming back home, that's all I did was call the kids and go to work. Our schedules really didn't coincide with each other be- since I did work at night and the kids uh, went to school in the morning. That's sometimes I was getting my sleep. And one thing that didn't sit well with me was his unwillingness to understand the circumstances at this point he wasn't with me like I was with him and trying to better myself and even if even if my end goal was to gain as much money as I could and then go back home I think that that would have been suitable for me as well too but I guess where my understanding of myself was coming in and how I was feeling was when the conversations would was turning disrespectful um around September I got a car uh with only being at the job for a month um I got a car a car that I liked the car that I wanted car that was suitable for a family um and uh 
I just felt good about myself. This was like literally my first bill in life. You know, I felt like an adult. And I think that didn't help either because I knew when I got back home, because we had young children, I didn't have the ability to work for myself. Um, My pastor kept saying that he, you know, I had people in the church that can help with that. But in the city we lived in, there was nothing but older folks. And I didn't want to put that burden on anybody. I don't want anybody. And I knew people would help, you know. But the people that were there, they all had lives. Like, they were retired. They were traveling. They spent time with family when they wanted to. It was not a need at this point because they had raised their families, you know. Um, Who am I, I felt like, to put my burden onto someone else because I want to fulfill my dreams. I feel like I sacrificed enough to where my husband can do some of the sacrificing as well. You know, um, he was on call. On call made more than being on a schedule, but I felt like since I want to work, be on a schedule at this point, sir, because that way we could take care of our own and watch our own kids and have two incomes. Oh, where's the glow up in that? You know. Um. So you know, I had I had a lot of things planned out. I just didn't have the help. You know, I didn't have the person with me that was on the same mindset as me. Um, and uh, that that kind of hindered us a lot as well. So anyway, after I got the car, um, he was happy about that, that I had transportation. Um, after I got the car and after feeling like I was a burden to my family a little bit, um, and I, until this day, I know they'll probably say, no, you weren't a burden, but I kind of abruptly, uh, kind of brought my problems into other people's lives. And, um, that wasn't my intention, you know? So there were, was a few times that I slept in my car and, uh, on a quick trip parking lot. And I knew the security guard. I didn't know him, but I saw him frequently at this particular gas station. And I always saw the safe place signs or whatever. So this one particular night, I got in the car, had all my stuff in there. And um, I um, made eye contact with him. And basically told him that I was going to sleep. And he was like, okay. And he sat there the whole night and watched me. A couple nights. And I thought that was cool. But in in those circumstances, I learned a lot about myself. I humbled myself. Um, I told myself that I needed to go back home. And I needed to be with the kids. And that's what I needed to do. And so I was kind of preparing myself for that. I, um... I gave myself like a time limit and in October um, that was my time to come back home you know and all the while I was praying listening to music the song that came uh, the song that came to mind a lot of times that got me through a lot of things was the potter's house 
and um I don't know any if you if any of you all know the words some of you probably do but when you dissect those words it's so deep um and so emotional if you're spiritually connected with whomever you serve or the universe or whatever but those words were in case you've fallen by the wayside of life um And all that you have accomplished is now on the ground. I think I'm mixing the two verses, but um, basically it's saying in case you've gotten to the point in life where you feel like you're at, at the bottom, know that God can put you back together again. You know, rely on God to be the motor and the maker of your life and never feel like you're being thrown away by the wayside just because you're broken and I was at that point in my life where I felt broken I felt like um especially the conversations we used to have at this point in October October he was upset which was understandable Um, But I wanted him to feel how I was feeling. All those eight years, I felt alone and by myself and that I wasn't being heard. But I was supposed to do what a mother and a wife did because society told me to do it. And I was supposed to put up with everything that he put me through in order for the house to run smoothly. And I think my problem is and still is that I'm not taking any mess anymore and so our one of our last conversations uh maybe third to the last he basically told me that I was an unfit mother he basically told me that I left the family um I left my children I left him um basically he had been doing it all by himself for the last month and mind you he wasn't even working you know, uh, they had laid him off the beginning when COVID started. So he hadn't had a job this whole time. So it wasn't like I was trying to get him to move away from his job or anything of that nature. He would have been starting a new job, you know, uh, you know, starting on a new, new foot, new footing or whatever. And he didn't know if he was going to get called back to that job or not. So it wasn't like I was trying to take him away from, you know, what we had already established or whatnot. It was not the case. He was not working. So therefore, he had plenty enough time to do what he needed to do for the children. But the way his life is set up, he was not paying attention to anything that I was doing for them. He did not recognize the fact that I was there for them a lot more than he was and I'm not taking anything away from him but you cannot just financially uh be financially there for a family and think that's all that you have to bring to the table that's not what that how that works you know um we are not made up of money as people money is nice to have but the way he was working you would have thought we was in a mansion somewhere you know, and not that little bitty apartment. You would have thought we had a Beamer, a Jag, a BMW, 
a range and not the suburban that we had. You know what I'm saying? Um, the way he was working, <laughs> you would have thought we had extravagant things. But that's how that was making me uncomfortable as well because it was like, where is the money going to? And I didn't know if he was, since she needed him so bad, if he was funding her household as well. You know, I was not allowed to really see transactions made. Um, I was not allowed to have a say-so in what was happening uh, financially. Um, So I was kind of in the dark with a lot of this stuff. But to come back to our conversation, basically I was the scum of the earth and... I basically could go kick rocks. Um, It got to a point to where he called my friend that I hadn't talked to in months, told him that uh, I was available and that he could have me or whatever. And um, then he called me and was basically like, yeah, I give you permission to leave, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, where did that come from? Because mind you, my mindset was literally getting us this house at this point. And, um, yeah, that was my goal and I was sticking to it, you know? Um, but anyway, my friend's mother ends up calling me and she said, keep your problems at your doorstep and not my son's. And I'm looking like, at, at the phone, like, who is this? And I was like, ma'am, she was like, this is, uh, such and such mother he is in a suicidal ward at a hospital and we're up here with him i just got the text message from i guess your husband telling him that he can have you my son is going through uh a b and c and he doesn't need that in his life right now keep your problems at your own door and i could not be mad at her at all and he calls me, my husband, and was basically like, yeah, I guess he wanted me to say something about that. And I did not play stupid. Uh, but, um, yeah, so I played dumb and made it seem like I didn't know what he was talking about. But that was kind of my last straw into trying to make things work especially when you already say those words and you kind of give up so my mission this at this point was to at least get my children because uh they were the main ones on my mind you know at this time and uh at this point i was still looking for a sign to say either stay or come back home. And and when he did that, <laughs> that was kind of my sign to stay. You know, uh, I, I wouldn't, uh, coming back home to that or what I thought was home was not going to be healthy for me. Um, I always joke around and say that uh, you don't treat people. And I mean what I say when I say this, you don't treat people that's doing you right and wrong. And when I say that, you don't curse out the waiter when they're bringing your food. Now you don't know what your food contains. You do not curse out the person that's doing your hair. Now your hair jacked up. You know what I'm saying? You don't curse out the help and then expect, still expect, expect good help. You know what I'm saying? 
and he did that on so many occasions that I was between within the two weeks of October I, I was just done you know I I, I was confused I, I have never cried in my life every day from October to December so much um, like I did last year uh, I was losing weight I know that was on top of being working at FedEx but I was like literally skinny man like looking back on pictures you could just tell I was unhealthy um, that I was what well, probably wasn't eating right and you know it like I said prior to, in a couple episodes I was emotionally and mentally drained it hadn't got physical yet and by the time October came around it got physical I, I mean I was just I felt like a twig I I saw myself fading away and I kept praying and asking God for signs and this one particular night um, I had just signed up for full time full time started at 9 30 10 o'clock it did at, at night it didn't end until about 9 30 10 o'clock in the morning so I had so much time to reflect and get myself together uh, to 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 go back home and <laughs> This was my third night staying on Quick Trip parking lot. So I go to work and I'm sitting outside the rest I'm at restaurant. I'm sitting outside the job and I'm boohooing. And mind you, I didn't have any friends. That wasn't my goal to make friends or whatever and this, this and that at FedEx. But um I go into the job and they're teaching us how to load a 18 wheeler. And I go in there and I did that for a couple days. And this last day that I was going to go back home to to uh, Chicago, I um I go in there and I I got my orders if you want to say it, and I had to load this 18-wheeler by myself. Man, y'all know how big 18-wheelers are. So an 18-wheeler has a bottom, or what they call the belly of the truck, and you have to load the belly first, and then you close those flaps and make that floor that we see, you know, in 18-wheelers. And so I'm loading this truck, and I decide that the bottom was done loading, being loaded, and I was going to start on the top, and I start to close the flaps in the back of the truck so when you load a truck when the bottom is done you close those flaps and you start in the back and then you work your way towards the front you start in the front of the truck and you work your way towards the back to where you lower the door and when I say the facility was new so we were just starting to pick up volume so these boxes were coming and coming and coming and it's winter time uh, almost winter time well, it was it was pretty cold. I'm cold anyway. I'm a cold-blooded person. And I got on this uniform, not uniform, but sweats and a shirt. And I'm and I'm working. And I'm working. And while I'm working, I'm crying. 
and I was just praying and singing the potter's house and I don't know what was going through my head but I was just like God give me I, I wasn't even saying that I just felt like I was straight talking to the universe talking to myself talking to my ancestors talking to God himself and I was I made a wall all the way to the top of this truck and I stepped back and I got me some water and I came back to the truck and only thing I saw was just do it boxes in a row I didn't do that on purpose but that's all I saw on the back of this truck and it says just do it and I felt and I looked down because I didn't close all the flaps of the truck the belly of the truck and all the boxes said just do it boxes they were Nike boxes and they were big they were small but all of them came together to say just do it and I just broke down I got on my knees and I just instantly started praying for a sign to keep going and keep doing what I'm doing you know I had to make another sacrifice that I didn't want to make and that was leaving my children behind but it felt so good to get that confirmation to just do it you know and I know that was a confirmation I believe in God I believe that he puts us through things for a reason uh it might be for us it might be for others that's why I always try to treat people the way I want to be treated I treat them with respect no matter how how my life is going I want everybody around me to be happy and smiling and um you know, just just be in a place where I make you feel great and I make you feel good and 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 you know, just by my presence sometimes. You know, I always want to live life like that. Live life to where everybody sees my light, regardless of what I'm going through. And so that night was a real turning point for me. Um couple nights after that. I guess God was just going to give me confirmations all through, you know, um, all through that place. But um, I had to wear pants. I had never worn pants ever in my life prior to that. Even in the band, I wore a skirt. Um, So everybody thought it was my swag. But really... I kept my hands in my pockets because one, I was cold and two, because I was nervous about wearing the pants because I had never been in pants before. So, you know, I didn't know how I looked in them and I felt uncomfortable in them, you know, but I knew I had to do what I had to do. And I immediately took them off after I was done. No, I didn't walk around like that, you know, and this one particular guy comes up to me and he was like, Hey, you play, uh, any type of sport and I was like no not really I said not like you know on a team or anything I said I go to the rec center or whatever and mind you while I'm talking to this person I don't see his face at all it was almost like I was talking to myself but I didn't see his face at all and uh I just I just heard his voice and he was like uh, oh, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, that's that's cool. You used to play tennis or whatever, and uh, you play basketball. And I said, yeah, yeah, that's that's what I do. And I'm climbing over the belt, 
and he kind of just disappears and I'm like okay so the next night I come back to work and he sees me and he uh didn't do exactly what I did he was more so on the catwalk at the top looking down on us like a big brother type thing but he was uh the person uh, I mean man I forgot what they were called man but he was the person that um if our chute was jammed with boxes he would knock the box out uh so my flow can continue to flow properly and smoothly and so uh he yelled down at me one time or the day the next day and he was like you're so beautiful and I was like thanks and mind you my still my mindset was still confusion and just this isn't happening I felt like I was in a bad dream y'all I felt like I was in a nightmare and with him talking to me I was really I heard him talking but it was just like that's not where where I'm at am sir you know what I'm saying it was just it was just more uh me trying to tell myself that you know I I, stop talking to me please you know (laughs) But I, I did um, say thank you. I wasn't rude or anything. It was just the way I was feeling at the time. And he asked me my birthday. Mind you, we screaming because we got these giant machines in between us, around us or whatever. I'm in an 18-wheeler. You can't hear nothing in there, you know. Um, so he just kept continuing to talk. And he asked me my sign and uh, when his birthday was, which is December 22nd. And my ex-husband's is December 27th. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Anyway, I was just like, yeah, I'm not dealing with another person like him. Anyway, you know, even his friends. I don't even want a friend, you know. <laughs> but uh, he asked me my sign. I told him Aquarius. And he instantly started to tear up. And I'm looking at this man like, what you crying for, sir? You know? And so he was just like, man I I've only had good experiences with Aquariuses and um you know I just you know I I always saw you and I wanted to say something to you and um you got your hair all fixed up and I knew I had to say something to you then before somebody else did and I said you know I want to tell you right now that I'm married um and uh, I just, I, I just want to tell you that. And so he kind of looked down a little bit, and I kind of looked down because I was kind of nervous. I hadn't talked to another man, and I can't tell when, like that, you know. And uh, he said, "I don't see a ring on your finger," and that was a personal preference, only because I didn't feel um, connected to him like that enough to wear the ring I wanted to just like literally cleanse myself of everything and just focus on me and then I was gonna put my ring back on and start building from there and I told him all of that and so he was like okay I'll uh if you don't mind if we exchange no no it wasn't that yet I saw him again later on that day because obviously it went on to the next day 
and I was the only female tugger in the building and tuggers are just like these long um, train like vehicles that I would put heavy heavier boxes on so maybe TVs couches things you had to put together uh, mattresses those heavy mattresses purple mattresses uh, you know stuff like that that could not fit down the chute because it would get stuck because it was so big so we called those um, ICs or whatever so all my ICs would go on this train and I would take them to different belts in the warehouse so I took one to his belt and he said uh you know I like you right and I was just looking at this man like that's nice sir he was like we gonna get married one day like that and I'm like I like and I said like I told you the other night I'm already married and he was like and I hope that works out for you like that he was like but the way you even sound you don't even sound convinced like that he was like do you mind if I get your number and I was like yeah sure I don't mind you know and uh it was just weird he was like literally there for me um it was one point he had a whole apartment and he slept in the car with me one time. Just, I guess, it's for protection or whatnot. Um, it was just weird how everything worked out when it came to him. He was a backbone for me. Um, he was asking questions and very uh, attentive. I, I didn't need to say things multiple times because he remembered you know it was just little things I was just like where this man come from anyway but uh he was just asking questions and very concerned about my well-being and he knew that you know I wasn't feeling okay and uh he was just really there as support you know and I really appreciated him for that um he basically told me everything except his security his social security number that day when I first got his number and uh he had he has children and he just broke it down to the point to where I was like oh oh okay you know and then still at this point I was just like you know no I'm still get my family back or whatever and try to work things out so one particular day after work I was going to my sisters and after work I had been looking at houses and going to houses and since COVID had hit a lot of people started using a rent key to where you already had the key at the door you just had to give get like an access code and you could see houses so that was my mission after work in October and November was looking at houses and uh I went by myself, and this one particular day, I uh, went with him, and he had to run errands. We both kind of ran errands together, and uh, I don't know. He was just on it, and I didn't want him to be on it, but he was on it, and like literally within the week of us knowing each other, uh, he said something that was very profound to me and he was like from this day forward I'm gonna show you better better than I can tell you 
that I am in your best interest. And I was like, yeah, uh, I'm not playing with anybody at this point. You know, um, I'm not really looking for anything, but I wasn't really stopping it either because I hadn't had that emotional connection with anybody in a long time, you know. And so uh, that same day, I got a notification on my phone that I said, uh, your oil change is ready for tomorrow at such and such time. And I'm like, I didn't schedule an oil change. And so, but he was listening to my conversation. I told him that I just got the car in September and I had already needed an oil change. And he did that for me. He put his truck in there too. So we both waited for this oil change and we chopped it up and got to get to know each other better. And he understood my situation a little bit better. Kind of got upset a little bit because he was like, any man of God would face reality and say, I'm sorry. You know, and I, I was telling him that I I never got an apology. It was more so pointing fingers at me yet, you know, and what I did and how I was going about things and stuff. So, uh, like I said, this one particular day, he had to run errands and I went with him and I got a phone call and it was my ex-husband. And it was either I got a phone call or he called me. Or, or I call him. Anyway, I didn't get a chance to speak to the children that day. He told me I couldn't. I wasn't allowed to. He was like, but by you leaving me, things are going to have to change. You cannot call after 830. And I was just looking at the phone like, uh, what in the world is going on? And he was like, well, since you don't want to come back home, um, I don't know what to do at this point. And I was just like, I said, where is my for better or for worse? I said, because I went through your worst with you. So why can't you go through my worst with me? I said, this is my worst because you caused it. You know, I'm still trying. I'm trying to figure it out to where we're all on the same page and we can grow from this. And he was like, I- I'm done trying to grow with you blase blase how do you feel about marriage now and I said you know what at this point I feel like I love too hard and I feel like I'm not supposed to be married because and that's exactly how I felt because I felt like you you weren't taking my love and expounding on it you were taking my love and kind of just throwing it on the floor and like nobody I don't want this from you And I had to realize, I realize now that he didn't want it from me. He wanted it from her. And I don't think she wanted it like he wanted it. You know, so he was taking it out on me. And I think he knew at this point that I wasn't taking any mess anymore. And that I don't know how he was feeling. I don't really want to know how he was feeling because it's just draining thinking about it, trying to figure it out. You know, but at the end of that conversation, I was just boohoo crying. And when he told me that he could care less and I hear the kids in the background, I was like, can I just speak to the kids? And he was like, no, they're doing schoolwork. And I was like, well, it's online, so they're not missing anything. And and my daughter had like a coloring sheet to do. And my son had like, uh, um, 
a worksheet of uh, adding and subtracting. And baby girl was just running around, just doing nothing. And I'm crying. I was like, just let me speak to the kids, you know. And he was like, no, no, you're not speaking to the kids. And I said, well, at least tell them that mommy loves them. And I said, hi. And he was like, no, I don't feel like doing that right now. Like that. And I just kept crying. And he was like, you going to keep crying? All right, well, I'll, I'll wait till you're done. And I'm looking and I'm I'm saying to myself, I was like, why are you doing this? It's the only thing I remember me saying. Why, why is this happening to us? And he was like, I don't know, but at this point, it's your fault. So you need to figure it out. And I just hung up the phone because I think I cried on that phone for a good 10 minutes. And I could hear him talking to the kids and um, helping my oldest out with his homework and helping my daughter out with hers. And I just felt like at this point, I can't go nowhere but up. And I ended up going in my friend's mother's house. And I met him at the door. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to be able to do it today. Because I think we were supposed to go out to breakfast or something. And out of nowhere, uh, he said, what? And I just looked at him and he looking at me and I just burst into tears again. It was like uncontrollably at this point. And he just grabbed me and hugged me real tight. And he wouldn't let go. And I'm trying to let go because I just felt awkward. By the time we did let go of each other, he crying. And he was like, see, man, I ain't never felt like this about nobody. He was like, I'm crying because you crying. And right then and there, I knew that something was different about him. And he just kept saying he needs to apologize. He needs to apologize. He needs to do it soon because I can see you slipping like that. And it was all, I didn't have to say a word. This man already knew what was going on with me, you know, but that's just how much he was studying me during that whole week, you know. Um, it was just, it was just amazing. And it became a true, true, incredible friendship that I can expound on in my next episode. But I want to thank God for bringing me people and allowing me to through this whole situation open my eyes to people that were maybe not like me uh, people that were different from me people that didn't weren't raised like I was raised but they were good people and I think that was one of the lessons that I learned in this whole situation that we got to stop judging people for how they look um, we got to stop judging people because they're a little bit different from you. You know, now if they out here killing and selling drugs and stuff like that, now that's a different thing. But people that maybe would prefer podcast over books or prefer vegan over meat or 
people, even religious wise, you know, people that are Muslim versus Christians or uh, Catholic versus Baptist. You know what I'm saying? We got to start learning to love one another, even spite our differences, you know, and, and starting to vibe with people that are on the same wavelength as you. And that's what I want people to understand in this segment is that we have to learn how to shed properly how to notice when signs are for us um notice when when things are really going in our favor but we just don't know it yet you know I want people to trust the process and start to learn yourself so you know from here on out what you're going to take and what you're not going to take I think I said that in another episode but I learned so much in this past year the glow up is real I learned that I was a lot prettier than I thought I was I learned that I am a good person Regardless of how people treat me, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. I learned that um, that change is good sometimes. <laughs> I I just I learned so many things throughout this uh, transition in life. Um. I learned how I want to be treated and how to treat others. And I can't do anything but thank God for instilling those principles in me. Because no matter what I do, I'm always seek God for guidance and for clarity and for clarification and for knowledge and for wisdom and for happiness and for joy and for peace and for comfort um, I'm always find him and seek him uh, to the best of my ability and I know I have some great men that I know that I can call on and ask questions if need be you know so this segment had to deal with a lot of things and I think at this point in my life this is where my life starts to turn around for the better I don't see it yet I see it now because looking back in October I can't do nothing but smile because things were going in my favor and I just didn't know it uh, and I can tell you more on the next episode next week Uh, But I want to thank you for tuning in. Like always, my day ones, I appreciate you all. And uh, like and share and, you know, go through this journey with me called life. And I hope that something inspires you or something, some advice is given. Or I hope that even if it's just pure entertainment, I hope that you go through life understanding a little bit more and being being flexible and being able to 
to go through this life without feeling stuck. I don't ever want anybody to feel that way because that's a feeling that is not fun and it's not healthy at all. You know, so yeah. I appreciate you all and I hope everybody's week is enjoyable. Find some time, some self-time, some self-reflecting time, some self-love. Get your nails done or get a haircut or paint or ride the Ferris wheel. Anything that makes you happy, do it this week. And um, find some time to meditate and commune with whomever you serve. Because being spiritually... Um, feeling good is amazing just like we physically say okay we're going to work out to look better on the outside we need to physically do the work to look better on the inside for us as well and to feel better and to feel at our best 100% so when trying times come boom you already got a bucket full of faith a bucket full of belief that everything will go decent and in order even if you even if it is bleak for a second when you come back and look at it you'll be like okay he did that for this reason or it wasn't so bad and you never know who's watching they're they're just gonna see what you're gonna do next and hopefully it's for the betterment of you and uh that's that's my prayer for everyone tonight but until next time i love you all hope you have a good day good rest of your week and tune in for the next episode have a good day